I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we're revisiting Season 1, Episode 3, an iconic episode that features the entrance and disappearance of Kamal Pamuk. We'll see what's up again this time on the Lords of Grantham podcast. And the police came and shined his light on me and I said, I'm stroking. That's what I'm doing. I be stroking. I stroke it to the east and I stroke it to the west. And I stroke it to the woman that I love the best. I be stroking. And hello, hello. We're back from a another short break. Busy times, busy times this time of year, you know. And as we uh, as we sort of land this plane to the the temporary end of whatever Downton coverage we're doing, we're doing fan favorite episodes mm-hmm. for a little bit, on I, and off. I am jazzed about today's episode. So am I. I do feel like I I watching this episode, watching the pilot, I felt a little uh, disjointed and a little. Like, okay, like this is kind of a social experiment for us to do this. This one was like, okay. Right back in it. Right back in it. We're in the thick of like the character, the wheels are moving. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot the B plot is the limb corrector. Well, we'll get to all that. We'll yeah, get to I all know, that. I know. Before before we get that, Dave, do you have any updates for us? Yeah, I do. Yeah? <laughs> what about? <laughs> uh, Well, as you may know, there is a, another gin out there. There's a High Clear Castle gin that we covered this summer. Uh, you know, with the interview with, with Hiker Castle uh, Gin and Cigar, and then we we drank it and talked about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Down Abbey, there's a Down Abbey branded gin that came out around the time of the movie, and it's finally landed here in uh, the American shores. Uh, it was the the there's a gin and a whiskey from Down Abbey, or called Down Abbey. It's from Harriet Tippleman, I think is the, the okay. That means the nothing to us. Yeah. Uh, but I saw they posted on their Instagram that it was available in the Flatiron District of New York, and it's and I checked, and it was a block over from where I w- work. So I went over and I picked it up, and we are going to be drinking that gin on this podcast very soon. Yeah, it made me think how much of this podcast is possible just from our central location of. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Where we are located, uh, High Clear Castle Gin, and then also the Downton Abbey exhibit, and the, 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 the live show, the live show. This this gin, it, it's all possible because we just happened to live right in the tri-state area. Yeah, and then and the wine was a bit of a hike, but all things considered, the tri-state it, area. it wasn't the, well, is Jer- Jersey? Jersey is the tri-state. It's uh, Connecticut, Jersey, Con- New York, and Jersey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, before we get started, <laughs> I have a I have a few little plugs. Um, oh, yeah? One plug is for a podcast that we both appear on separately that I have appeared on before. Uh, called uh, the Hornet's Nest. That's right. Yeah, it's my brother and his friend Sean's podcast. Uh, I've, we've described it before. It's about a uh, a supervillain who has sort of reformed himself and is now hosting a classic rock radio show, and he's a bit of a snob. It's a completely different podcast from what you hear here. Yeah, so we both on different episodes do different things as callers right yeah i i, I recorded a, a call in yeah yeah and i did and then we we kind of ep'd a a tag out with our good friend bob yes we did we did he, we, he used we recorded. the lords of grantham sound equipment so there you if, go uh, when if you guys listen to that and hear that and i think we're in the background of that one but mm-hmm. um and there's also one more thing uh, pr- plugging my brother's stuff uh he is co-creating a board game called one more thing on kickstarter Oh, okay. So if people go on there and they look up one more thing, the the board game, they'll find that? Yeah, and it's a two-player cooperative RPG game. Okay. Where it's about a murder. I don't want to try to explain it because I don't have everything in front of me, but I backed it. I think... Uh, oh, I, know, I love if, a good murder mystery. If you like, It's a two-player game. If you want to play with a, a friend, uh, maybe we'll play it on the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. If you want to play with your significant other, it's the perfect kind of game for that. Uh, and it got play tested, and apparently it was fun. According to those people, so nice. They're halfway to their goal. If you're a Lord of Grantham fan, if you're a fan of murder mysteries, and and I think the the metric of the game moving is like an audience reaction. It's supposed to be like it's playing on a TV show. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be appropriate to maybe this episode mm-hmm. of uh, 
yeah. heightened drama. Yeah, if you like murder mysteries, there's this episode of Downton Abbey. Yeah, and but before we get to that, there's one more thing. Oh, okay. And last week or last episode, at the very tail end of the episode, I said our Christmas challenge. Mm-hmm. We want to get those reviews and the social posts up about the podcast. Yeah, certainly. We're still at 29 reviews last week. I guess people didn't listen all the way through the end of the episode. We need those the iTunes algorithm to kind of boost us up with the DVD and the Blu-ray coming out. So, what is our end game with all all the positive positivity? You know, the stagnants. You know, we don't want people to forget us about us. Yeah, don't forget about us. And it, we want to we want a reason to give something away. It's like that that movie where. Um, they need people. It's like the, the the movie Coco, where you need to remember the person or else they'll disappear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we are fighting off actually disappearing. And as we speak, I can't even see my feet. Yeah, that's true. P- people are forgetting going, about us. Oh, <laughs> no, the please Blu-ray. Don't. <laughs> Keep it going. Deleted scenes. <laughs> We're here. So before we we, or rather last week, I was very unclear about what we were giving away. <laughs> you know what we're giving away now. Yes. What are we giving away? I I didn't want to say it because I got you one of those things. Oh, okay. An I... early holiday gift from one host to the other. Since you did all the hustling with the gin, give me one moment. Here it is. I've it's in a, it's in a Highclere Castle cigar bag. Thank you, Dave. It, it, there's a box here. It's. Oh, <laughs> should I tell them what it is? Yeah, what they'll be getting? Yeah, this is well. As you may know, if you listen to the the episode, the live uh, <laughs> Down Abbey episode that we attended in person, and they heavily promoted during it, there's the the, the mug featuring the Dowager's uh, quotes. Uh, you know, all her quips and everything. And and Dave got me the <laughs> Lady Lady Violet's uh, mug with all her wit and wisdoms. Yeah. So not only are you giving us a good review and giving us five stars, but you are supporting your local PB or supporting the New York PBS station. Yeah. And, and Dave, knowing me so well, I don't drink coffee. I don't, don't drink tea, but maybe on the off chance I drink hot chocolate. Yeah. That's what I'll, I mean. That's I'll what get, I'll get to see her wit and wisdoms. Otherwise it'll just be the dowager staring at me with uh, just her <laughs> just <a> blank face. <laughs> yeah. It's just her face and nothing else. Well, I got, I got one for myself. I got mm-hmm. one for you and I got one to give away. Great. So, All right. Yeah. Those are, I think, you know, I was so if you like, want, you want this mug and you don't want to contribute to PBS, write us a review and, and post about us on social well, media. It's already been, the contribution has been made. Let's we'll say it hypothetically like this. The, yeah. The Lords of Grantham have made a donation and your name is implied in the donation to PBS. Yeah. To PBS. But also if you want to give money to PBS, they're good. Uh, Good organization. If yeah. you live overseas, just ignore all of that. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Do, donate to your local. Yeah, yeah. Lo, donate to your local broadcasting system. Whatever non HBO t- station in your neck of the woods is playing Sesame Street is where you should be donating your money. Certainly, but Dave, let's get to this episode. This is what people have been wanting us to talk about again. Even though we did it one time, we didn't do it right the first time. We we did it right. Technically, we didn't do it right. The audio was uh, a miss on that episode. Yeah, and I thought it was uh, prudent for the integrity of the discussion to not redo it. And maybe at the time it was, but here we are. We're, we're changed men, almost two years removed from that recording session. Just about. Yeah, we're pretty changed, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And this is an iconic episode. This is the, the episode. By the way, I feel like we've been watching so many pilots and series finales and movies of Downton Abbey. It feels so nice to go back to an episode that is just fifty minutes. Yes, like it, yes. it flew by, and it was, it was a nice breath of fresh air. To, honestly, watching this episode, it felt good. Yeah, and I took your advice, mm-hmm. or not your advice, but you said you were soaking it in last time that you didn't yeah. take thorough notes. So all I did for notes were hot takes and quotes. I took a lot more notes this time. Actually, I so went the other we, way. We flip, we flip, flop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I definitely soaked it in. It was, it was, this is, this is fun. This is one, to, this is an episode to soak. This is, uh, you know, get your High Clear Castle or your Downton Abbey branded gin. You know, yeah. Make a drink, sit, and enjoy. Well, no, yeah, you get the gin, you, you, you open up your tablet or, or, you know, your phone, you just get in the tub and you just watch it and you, you sip and you just bathe in it. You bathe <laughs> in everything going on with this episode. Maybe do a bath bomb during all the iconic moments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Hit the spot. Um, so <laughs> this episode. Uh, I completely forgot, as Dave, you were saying, before we get to all the Pamuk stuff. This is the limp correct. This is the limp correct. I can't believe this happened so early in the, se- the se- series altogether. 
Um, and it speaks to how fast season one moves. And I think what really makes season one tick is the way they just kind of burn through material here. Mm-hmm. Within three episodes, Bates is like, I've had enough of this limp. People keep picking on me. <laughs> I don't like getting picked on. So what does he do? He goes to some, he gets a like a listing. He gets a catalog or something. And yeah. Then, and then he goes to see the guy. Yeah. And when I've seen that, I, did, 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 I don't think we noted last time, the guy, the guy's, he says, well, what does it do? <laughs> it corrects limps. <laughs> does it work? Well, if it's advertised to do so, and I say it does so, then it does so. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this guy has a Wikipedia page, too, on Downton Abbey, the, the shop seller. Really? Yeah, and it literally just descri- describes that scene, and that's it. He doesn't ever show up again on Downton Abbey. Yeah, well, it's funny because this plot is like Bates gets the limp corrector, and then every scene he's in after he gets, he goes, Ugh. because as the limp corrector man says, you can't slack every day, all day if you mean business. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So every scene Bates is in, he he snarls or scoffs or has some kind of visible pain. <laughs> yeah. To the point that Hughes shuts the door and says, tell me what's going on. And he says, I hope you have a a, a strong stomach. And he pulls his pant leg up and it's like blood and scabs. You know what I was thinking too? I was like, I mean, I've seen this episode now a couple times, but I was thinking, when's it going to go the other way? And he just pulls his pants down from the top and it's like, do you have a strong stomach for this? (laughs) No. I mean, she's not married. Neither of them are married. Well, I guess he's married to Vera, but she's not married, so... (laughs) <laughs> he could have pulled down the pants all No, don't do it. All yeah, right. we don't condone that, but it, it, it would not it wouldn't be quite as improper. <laughs> when he when he says strong stomach, like and you're pulling around your pants, what could it mean? And well what it means is that he's got these bolts in his leg. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is no, when they show the limp corrector, the guy's not like You're gonna drive nails into your skin. <laughs> and Bates is like all right, I like that. <laughs> I like and then very much. You're gonna the nails are gonna infect your skin, and you're gonna bleed. All right, I'm, <laughs> tell I'm, me more. So far, so good. <laughs> and you can't slack, no matter what. And it's gonna, get infected. It's gonna hurt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there's a, a scene where it's like after they hurl the limp corrector into the water, and Hughes is like, "You've been doing it all wrong, Mister Bates. It's supposed to be like this." He's, oh. Uh, and he, he swims in the water to fish it out. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is like, this thing is definitely from a quack doctor. This thing doesn't actually work. It's not actually going to correct the limp. But why would it cause him to bleed so much? <laughs> because he put <laughs> bolts in his leg. Yeah, but a limp, cor- like, it would. Because he was slack, man. He, he kept slacking. The guy told him explicitly, you can't slack. This is like the freaking. If the guy tells him not to slack, or, then why didn't. Do you think he was doing it right? I don't think Bates is Maybe doing the limp corrector right. on backwards. I mean, Forrest Gump got this limp corrected. Well, you know, it's one of those things where the first time we see him uh, with it is he's talking to Anna, and you know, could be something else. He gets weak. He gets weak when he sees Anna, and then it just kind of leads to his leg buckling. Um, but it's so funny because yeah, this is you know, I looked up afterwards to see if this was like a real thing, and all I could find was like you know. It was some article that referenced like the quack medicine in Downton Abbey, and they briefly like name checked this and. It, it made me think too, like, is Bates kind of almost as dumb as Thomas with his like choose your own path? Well, he stops after this. Well, yeah, and so does Thomas eventually. But it's like, it makes you think: Are Bates and Thomas like on the two sides of the same coin? They're just just both dumb men who kind of hate each other. Well, I, I don't know. As much, or it, victims as, of circumstance, <laughs> I guess. It's it's kind of like it's one of those things where I feel like Bates. Is trying to like fit in, yeah. Well, so and is Thomas. And Bates at, at some point, you know, you were well. Tom Barrow has like a his affliction, if you want to even call it that, mm-hmm. is something that could get him locked up. Right. Bates is just <laughs> this uh, will not get you locked up. Bates is just trying to do his job and not get be the butt end of the joke. But doesn't he? He ends. He's like, I'll deal with people laughing about my limp. Yeah, I'll be okay. I promise I won't try to fix it. And then Mrs. Hughes is like, I'm looking at the book. You were wearing it all wrong, John. <laughs> you oh. bastard. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, knowing Bates, I'm surprised he didn't go back to that limp corrector guy and I be know. like, wait, what is this? What did you sell me here? And then or, beat the man or with the sell it back corrector. to the guy. What's the guy, you know. <laughs> sell him the blood encrusted <laughs> limp. You're going to need to bleach off all my scabs and blood. <laughs> the medical bills, you have to pay them. Now look at more. <laughs> How long do you think? He probably hurt way more when he took it off. 
Yeah, no, Dave. I want to see that. I want to see that scene. I want to see that scene where he's just like, <laughs> just howling at the moon just as whip, he whips him to, into shape with the the salesman with the limp corrector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be kind of like uh, the wrestler Tommaso Ciampa dragging his crutch around and beating people with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Bates. <laughs> he walks into the room with the limp corrector drag, <laughs> dragging you, behind you him. You people want to try to change me? I'll change all of you. <laughs> I would have loved to watch that. And that's that's his, his entire plot line this episode, and it's delightful from it's, start to end. But you realize how far away they Julian gets from the core. What do you mean? The the fact that Bates is like this is this is I would say what like the I would say there's the A plot and there's several B plots. Yeah, because it's not it's not the biggest B plot, but um, it's kind of on equal footing with a lot of the other stuff. But Bates really has a lot to do, and people care about him. Whereas also, I feel like he's also the first person we see in this episode again. Like that in the premiere, like it's Bates who we see as our surrogate in mm-hmm. the beginning of the episode. And where does he go later in later seasons? His limp isn't even a factor anymore. Even we barely even see him. Yeah, in limp. prison he doesn't have a cane. No, and he throws Craig and Craig into a wall. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I'd love if there was like an unspoken plotline in like season three where like he got limp correctors for both legs and we don't see it. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, he just walks around jail and we just never got acknowledgement that he got the limp correctors in jail. He's, he like has like well he did say yeah shrapnel is in his knee maybe yeah. like the limp corrector like opened a hole and he pulled out some shrapnel oh, and it's his shiv. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, that that's the that's the baits for this episode. Yeah. Well, let's move on to other stuff going on. Uh, Speaking of things moving so fast, Gwen's already out there looking for work. Yeah, with the typewriter. And, yeah, and, and reminded me of why I hate O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, for for sure. Like, well, hey, it's kind of it's kind of odd. So, you know, Gwen, uh, what is she, she? She has like a box there, and then like Anna's like, "What's that?" And she yeah, Anna's trying to just make the best use of the space in the bedroom. Yeah, and she's like. Let's not talk about it. But then she tells her it's a typewriter. And then they take a whole typewriter out of the box to show Anna. Like, if you told someone there's a typewriter in this box and it's up here on the shelf and it's heavy, I don't think you need to see me take it out of the box to prove to you I got a typewriter yeah. here. <laughs> it's not like, whoa, cool. <laughs> he wasn't lying the whole time. And then that leads to the coincidence that O'Brien sees that they're hiding something from her. Mm-hmm. They're hiding the typewriter. <laughs> and then O'Brien somehow finagles a way to get it off wherever it is and bring it downstairs. Yeah. In a great sequence where Carson goes, everybody get back, please. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly muffed that this is a thing there. Um, but I, I, I hate O'Brien so much. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's no reason to like drag this out and make a, a scene of this. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny. You see a little different side of Hughes that we don't see later on where she's talking to Gwen, like, you know, what were you planning to do with this? You can't do it. You can't have this here or whatever, or, you know, and then Anna's the one standing up for her, you know? And Bates kind of hovers in the background of this. <laughs> Is that blood coming down your leg there, Bates? Yes. <laughs> Never mind that. It's the shrapnel. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me bleed sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I do like how Anna like tells off O'Brien, like, are you hiring and sacking O'Brien? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You wish there was more outward fighting <laughs> what, like cat fights down there well i mean like ver- some some real verbal throwdowns they don't happen that much no they all everyone gets nicer as the series gets on yeah i like when people are like you know there's a mean person who gets yelled at and deservedly so because o'brien's a bad person yeah um yeah so gwen it, the thing with gwen though it turns around because sybil pops downstairs out of nowhere to say like hey i found, I found this job listing you yeah, we, we start to see a little sybil maybe she's in episode two more and we'd and still no sign of Branson in this episode. Maybe he was in episode two. I don't know. We're not revisiting that yeah, one. We don't need to. But Branson still is a ghost. Wouldn't would, it be good to just do that next time, like one, three, two? Like, why would we, you know? Yeah. I, I would love to rewind this episode, actually, and see if there's just Branson peering through the window. <laughs> like, we haven't even introduced him in the series yet. But yeah, there's like Easter eggs. Yeah, you just look back, and there's Branson in the window looking at Sybil. Yeah. Master of creeping. Um, And, and Bates does have that nice moment where he tells Gwen, because she's like crying to Anna, like, um, that she can change her life if she wants to. He knows. I've changed. As he then crip, like falls over, like, ugh, I changed. Ow. <laughs> what if he's, like, wincing more? Because it's just a lot of, like, ah. He's like, ugh. 
Like he turns a corner, or you hear him like, "Ow!" <laughs> scream. Ouchie mama. Ouchie mama. He he doesn't share a bedroom with anybody, right? Bates. No, he has a twin twin bed. He said, yeah, but like, "Oh, this will do." Anna, Anna and Gwen share a room. No, I think he shares a room with someone because there's another bed in there, but I don't know who it is. Maybe it's it's for the limp corrector. He tucks it in at night. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe so. Um, I do like that Bates uh, explains why Circle Black. He ex- explains why his uh, white complexion as being inherited from his Irish mother. <laughs> <laughs> that explain that's that's your white complexion, Dave. You oh, inherited yeah. from your Irish mother. <laughs> my mom, my mom, my mom is not Irish. <laughs> Aren't you Irish? My dad is Irish. Oh, okay. Well, you inherited. <laughs> Yeah, you tell that to your girlfriend all the time, right? <laughs> you look so pale, Dave. Yeah, whenever she says she drops the, the hammer on me. <laughs> it's my Irish. <laughs> well, um, well, before before we get to the real real deal, another mm-hmm. memorable subplot is Edith. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is a this is a, a a story of like turns not taken. You know, this is a sliding doors moment right now. Yeah. Uh, Edith asked Matthew to go check out churches on a Saturday. She As, goes, Mary didn't want one cousin. I'm going to try to swoop in and get this other cousin before she... Mm-hmm. But we see from the get, Matthew doesn't want none of Edith. Matthew's like, you know what would make this day better? My mom being he says, here. next time, let's take my mother. <laughs> she was very jealous. And they kind of take the camera out of focus, and Edith, Edith and the camera's is like, oh. <laughs> it's like... Could we yeah. uh, t- talk about that briefly? We brought this up originally. This mm-hmm. episode is directed so poorly, yeah, dude. There's so many, um, so much rack focus in this episode, and uh, blurry corners like fisheye yeah. kind of stuff. It is so bad. Yeah, I mean, I said they had this a little bit in the pilot episode. And I thought it looked good. Here, it just looks like everything's out of focus. But then I was thinking it's only the shots with the sisters, and then mm-hmm. they show an outdoor mm-hmm. shot and Cora, and it's like. Carson or Bates walking outside and there's fuzzy edges. It's terrible. Yeah, it looks like a man was drunk directing this episode. Yeah, ben Bolt is his name. Ben Bolt. Did he direct any other more episodes? Or was I he, don't even know. Did they send him to rehab? <laughs> uh, like, the thing is just out of focus so much this episode. It's distracting. I, I don't understand it. And the kind of relieved now that they actually did drop it later on. But it's, it's just so... Uh, I mean, this was the only episode where I noted how bad it was. So I think yeah. he might have been one and done. Good. Dud, Dud Bolt, you said his name? <laughs> no, not from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Ben Bolt. <laughs> oh, Ben Bolt. Okay. Um. So, wait, what, what was the story we were just talking about? Oh, yeah, Edith. Well, so, just going back to Edith Owen and Matthew, what a weird proposition to make to someone like, hey, you want to check out churches? Well, I think it's fair. What do you mean? If you live in a small town and, like, the architecture of note is churches? Sure. You say make a picnic picnic of it? And it's, uh, okay. All right. It's what the last uh, stop on their their thing is church's chicken. Is that where they go after? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just eat here. Yeah, that's uh, like the McDonald's. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, do you see any any potential romance or sparks between them? Dave? Nope, not at all. Nope. <laughs> Moving on now, because he does ask her about Mary, like, and she's like, "Why do you care to ask about Mary?" And so, like, she's reading the room quick too. She's like, "Bad idea on my part." Yeah, he he ain't, he ain't having it. But she does have an opportunity there because I think at that moment. Based on on how pudgy Matthew is there in season one, I think Edith has a shot at him. He glow he glows up as the series goes yeah, along. Yeah, but he he also is. If Mary didn't want him, Edith would have been a good fall fall back because that would have been a good mutual glow up. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that old song. Back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all want me. Is that uh, Dan Stevens sings that one? That's Mike Jones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who? Uh, so, anyways, uh. We do get a brief moment downstairs with uh, Pat Moore asking for someone to reach for something. And they're like, why can't she just reach for it? Because she can't it's see. It's right over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, classic Pat Moore line in this episode where she uh, tells Daisy, um, you said you're going for a drink, but it looks like you're drinking from the Nile. <laughs> Not a trip up the Nile. Yeah, a trip up the Nile. It's good. That's, that's good, Pat Moore. That's really good. So I guess here here comes the, the weight Wait, of the episode. Or well, is there anything else? Tom, well, Thomas kind of falls in with uh, what's going on here. Yeah, I think that's really it. It's, it's, kind a, of, it's a tight episode, man, but it's it's fun. Yeah, we find out Evelyn Napier is coming. Mm-hmm. A character who's going to bring a Turkish gentleman. Yeah, I like that Evelyn Napier is a character who reappears every so often throughout the series. Like, and I wrote in my notes, like I said, I only took quotes and hot takes. Mm-hmm. Napier has a real understated glow up. I guess he so. comes in looking like a geek. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some geek off the street, and then yeah, he he, he, lo- he becomes, becomes dapper. A, he's a becomes a man. Yeah, sure. He's a real man. I guess he just needed to get a Pamuk out of the picture, and then wait several years, but before appearing again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can only hope that ha- hope that happens if one of us were to die. The other one would just become like, hey, just need to lose that dead weight. <laughs> yeah, look at me. <laughs> eight <laughs> years later, I'm doing fine. It's still podcasting. Let's not, let's not talk about how difficult those eight years were, brother. But I'm good. I'm just podcasting on my own. <laughs> um, even, yeah, Evelyn Napier is passing through, and he's going to bring yeah, a Turkish diplomat. And everyone's making fun of the way he's going to look, and then Napier's like, well, no, actually, he's handsome. Dude's got it. <laughs> Napier comes in. No, not Napier comes or, in. Yeah, well, Napier comes in looking. Kamal. Kamal. Pamuk. Got everyone. So everybody is talking about how handsome he is. Yeah, I, know, I forgot about the, this episode. Even Bates joking to, to Robert, like, you know, Thomas is going to want to work with him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about that. That's so weird. Like, do they, what is the quote? I wrote this down. Oh, come on. Um, you know, Thomas, he has to have a grumble, but I bet he cheered up when he saw that gentleman. <laughs> so are they talking? Is it, I think it's just is, behind closed doors, like, you know. Is Robert like. It's the locker room it's talk. It's known? It's, no, it's locker room talk, man. Yeah, but it, is it, it known? No, that, I think it's like you, you make that joke about someone who's like kind of like, there's something funny about them, and we can make that joke and get away with it behind closed doors, but we. They may not be, and we're not going to say in public. I would go as far as to say there's Barrow for a a gay man is very straight-ish. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that Bates and Robert are making that joke, they wouldn't make that joke about William. But maybe it's a factor of also Bates hating Thomas, so he's just making that joke. <laughs> so about he, it's just of the time to make the homophobic guys. jokes. And then Robert's like, ha, yeah. shop, keep making these jokes. They don't show us the other scenes where he's saying those jokes about William and even Carson to, to uh, Robert. Yeah. Bates well, is just a really homophobic character. We never knew. Yeah, that would really that that destroy all of our clout. Yeah, what, what little of it that we have. Yeah, so Napier even alludes in this episode that you know if uh, if Pamuk takes a tumble, you'll be putting the world peace at risk. Yeah. If only he knew. <laughs> it's more than a tumble, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he shows up, and so Mary's like doesn't want to deal with this guy at all. And then all of a sudden, she has those, uh, you know, as we refer to the Nala eyes on him. Oh yeah. Uh, well, then, well, it's funny because. Well, we should whole, we should clarify what the Nala eyes are for yeah, for every, listeners. If, anyone with a Tumblr or, or a social media, you were the only one that was unaware of what. The I'm Nala sure a lot of other people do not know what Nala eyes are. You Google Nala from The Lion King, and yeah. like the second or third picture is from that that part in the movie where she finds Simba and they're tussling around in the they're in adults. The savannah. They're adult lions. And she and gives him those eyes, those looking eyes. Yeah, she she her her head dips down a little bit and gives uh, Simba that look <laughs> of like you know, and yeah, that's essentially Mary hair. Like yep, you know. <laughs> uh, and this is we mean Lion King ninety four, not Lion King. Yeah, uh, I can't speak for twenty nineteen. <laughs> we haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they decide to go riding horses together. What better, uh, euphemism than, than we're going to go riding these horses. We're going to ride till they can't no more. Yeah. 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 But they go on this hunt mm-hmm. and the hunt is sort of uneventful. There's riding horses. Yeah. But the, Mary does cast away her man and the guy's like, but your father told me to follow you. And she's like, get out of yeah, here. Who is that guy? He never comes back really. I, I thought, I, I thought he gets an honorable mention on the uprankings of the power rankings. He got a day off. He got paid. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> He's like, all right, cool. I don't, dude. I don't have to watch you. Sure. Sounds good to me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> go ride, go, go do your thing. And then, uh, I was wondering, so they go jump over like a little, like, uh, bush whatever like there's like a moment where like Pumuk's like you want to jump over this and she's like i guess and i'm wondering is that what triggers his heart or something like jumping over that bush because they make a moment like i'm just trying to figure out what causes that that thing that comes later but they jump over a bush together and they keep riding <laughs> I, I don't know you didn't take that in that the jumping over a bush <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> you gotta just bathe in a little bit more man um so Mary is peacocking that night. She's wearing a big feather in her hat, a big red feather. She's literally peacocking. She's literally peacocking. And Robert's like, she's got all the men around her. Mm-hmm. You have Robert, or uh, Matthew, mm-hmm. Evelyn, and Kamal. And it's kind of funny how like it changes. I mean, she still has male attention later in the show, but she is... Well, she's in the prime of... She's uh, in bloom, of, yeah. Yeah, this is probably like very close to her season. Yeah. And I like that Matthew says to Evelyn Napier, it seems like we must brush up on our powers of fascination. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, do you do see he really does kind of grow into being a man? Yeah, I he's do. Like, kind of a, a dud. Yeah, I do like how he's remarking to uh, Evelyn about like, oh yeah, we need to brush up. And then as Edith approaches, Evelyn just beelines out of there like, nope. <laughs> like, yeah, but here we go. It ain't gonna work. <laughs> You'd think they would try to go for Sybil. You would think. But how old is she in this episode? I think they're all of age. I don't know. There's no way she's Sybil's like always 16. She's always the youngest one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think you got Branson leering through the window. Cause but they she... would they would say if her season had had not happened. That would have been a big deal. Yeah. So I don't think. I think Sybil's probably like 18. Maybe. Maybe. At, I mean, we could most. find out, but we don't want to take our phones off airplane mode. Right. And she doesn't have, and she doesn't have the money the others may get. So. Yeah. But a- after the dinner is where it all goes down. And. All because of something that causes a lot of trouble later in the show. With Thomas? The De La Francesca, baby. What? The De La Francesca. I, I don't I don't follow. The painting that Mr. Bricker comes to look at. Oh, that's is true. the painting that Mr. Pramuk is looking at and Mary he goes, Is this really the De La Francesca? And Mary goes, Oh yes it is, and that's when they start making out in that room because of this. How did you Painting. remember that with the Brickers thing? It, it's the point of the Brickers okay. All right. theme is the De La Francesca. Man, you got a good memory. Well, I mean, it doesn't get there yet because he has to get dressed by our man Thomas. Who? Well, yeah, that's before there, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did skip that. Yeah. He's, he's putting on the man's bow tie. And he says, oh, I'd love to experience the Turkish culture. Yeah, he's like playing along, though. And then as soon as Thomas so much as comes close to stroking his face, get out of here! Get down! <laughs> I don't want none of you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as would... I hear voices. <laughs> <laughs> he drops them. Yeah, he just RKO's him right there in the room. He's like, no, I don't play that way, but I know what to do with you. You're going to help me. <laughs> yeah. You're going to help me get into this room at night. You're going to show me the passageway to get in there. And, and then, you know, Thomas is like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then later on, how do we see that he gets in there? He gets in there through the front door. What passageway did he show him? Yeah. Well, he just walks down the hall. Does, does he tell him? Like, is that does the scene cut there when he says, show me the passageway? And then Thomas tells him, well, there's only the front door. <laughs> you just got to walk through the hall. What yeah. if, like, Edith, like, pokes her head out and Thomas is like, well, you know, compromising favor I have to do. So, uh. <laughs> you know how it goes. I try to stroke faces and then I get burned, you know? Um but Mary's Mary's reaction when he walks in is is great. <laughs> she's like fully clothed in bed, and she's like, "I'm gonna tell my dad," and he's like, "No." Yeah, it is. It is um very close to being sexual assault. I mean, kind of. But then she's like, she she's like, "I'm down." She she gives the null eyes. She, do, yeah, she does give the null eyes, <laughs> yeah. but she does not consent outwardly. Right. Verbal. I guess again, different time. But no, he says like he says I can do this and keep leave you a virgin, and she's like, oh, you know, actually, well, if you're gonna, if you, I get to stay a virgin. Will it hurt? No. Will I get addicted? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, this is again a, a little a little colorful for this podcast, but I just want to know what he's implying. Yeah, I know. Really. Because, like, what is it that really gives him a heart attack if he's not going to do the thing that... Because we don't even see how far it goes. They start making out, and then it's to Anna, and and she, like, puts her hand... Mary puts her hand over Anna's mouth. Yeah. Wake up, don't tell Gwen. (laughs) That is a masterful Julian move. It just smash cuts the... Do you think it's because Julian is, like... Is Julian a bit of a prude? No, I don't think so. I think it's... I mean... you look at what the show is, man. He's not going to show full on raunch or anything. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, we don't know what happens, but something happens. Yeah, but we don't know where they are in at where is he mid stroke. <laughs> so I read right online. I, I did some research onto what could cause a man to possibly have a heart attack uh, during sex. Um, so I looked it up. Sexual positions affect the potential effects uh, on the heart. A study published in the Archives of Internal Medicine showed greater energy expenditure during sexual intercourse for both partners with the man on top than the woman on top can, okay. can cause it. And sex with a new partner in an unfamiliar setting increases the relative risk more than sex with a familiar partner in a familiar setting. So him being out of Turkey, <laughs> in Down Abbey, in 
Mary's room. In Mary's room. Too much excitement for one this man. So do you, do they call the cops, or do they just call Doctor Clarkson to like remove the body? <laughs> Probably just Clarkson. Oh, that's kind of low key, like brushed over that. Like Clarkson checked. There, the, there would be an investigation. Of well, sorts. no, he's a diplomat. Yeah, no. There's this is reported and everything because it, it gets in the papers. They say at the end of the episode, like, sorry for like that's why Evelyn apologizes. I think a lot because it's going to mm-hmm. bring shame to the house or no, notoriety to the house rather. Uh, that this happened there, and that's you know what Carlisle kind of holds against her later on because he may be able to like connect the dots. I think yeah, th- this makes the papers. Yeah, but there's no criminal investigation. There would be well, it, if a doctor investigates and sees. That I mean, I know the science is not, but there would be some evidence of the fact that he didn't die just sleeping. Well, I mean. There'd be a Mary hair on the sheet or something like that. I think there's a, the assumption there that, well, I mean. Napier says maybe if he Mary's falls. Maybe Mary's hair gets around. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Napier says that if he falls, world peace is at risk. Mm-hmm. If this dude is as serious of a thing as it is between Albania or whatever it is, mm-hmm. he's dying in a house. This is an invest. This is a full-on investigation. Stephen Fry is coming. I guess, but it just seems kind of like. What are the odds that this guy just, you know, uh, just died in his room? Like, who has a motive against him? They don't even know this guy. But when it's, it is a murder, who done it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is where this is, uh, Gosford number two. But the people are just like, man, no, he he died. Bye. (laughs) He's dead. I, yeah, I don't know. I do love there's a moment where is it Mary's like, oh, I just want to close his eyes Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he's just rigor mortis lying their eyes open. Yeah, I know, right? He's got the Simba eyes. But it's so true. Like, what was she doing or what was he doing That like when he had the heart attack? Like, what could it have been? Cause, yeah, like, is, there, is there some kind of uh, something like saliva? <laughs> you know, there's that. We, I know there's no CSI in the tw- in the teens. Does she just, so, something's afoot. Does it so, like, so much as he, she touches him and he's just like, gah, 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 gah. <laughs> Yeah, is he, is he as, because this is, this is Mary's first kiss. Is it? it it's implied. Okay. This is Mary's first of a lot of things. And is Pamuk significantly older to the point where we know he's done this a lot? Or is he just a horned up 20-something-year-old 20, 20 I think man? he's done it a few times, but Pamuk may have gotten spooked this time. I mean, being in a new land with a woman like Mary, he he got pooked. <laughs> he, yep. Yeah. And... uh how do they wrap this up? They they have to carry the body to another room. They have to bring in Cora. Yeah, because she's the only one who stands to lose something in the same way as Mary. Right. Sure. And, and also, she's the only one who lifts lifts weights and is able to help carry. Yeah, even though Cora is still like rail thin, <laughs> prim and proper Cora in season one. Her collar always goes up to her chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who happens to catch them moving in the middle of the night? Daisy, why is she up in the middle of the night? We got to give Daisy something. It, it reminds me of our friend Dave, Matt, who whenever we have like sleepovers or we're like traveling somewhere, or whatever, I don't know, when we're traveling or whatever, wherever we are, if we're sleeping, there's a good chance that our friend Matt will be wide awake with his eyes in the middle of the night just peering at us. And it's just like, just go to sleep, man. Just go to sleep. <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night. That, and that's our going friend. Going to the bathroom and there he is. Yeah. And there's Daisy. And then Daisy's there every time in doubt. And if something's going on in the middle of the night, just go to bed, Daisy. <laughs> what are you doing up? Yeah. Oh, I gotta pee. Mr. Bates keeps screaming. <laughs> uh. <laughs> They don't even talk about that. Like, he has to take on that limp corrector at the end of the night and every night. So he's, like, reinserting these bolts in his leg at the end of the day. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like, a blade. It would just be, like, a, a blunt screw. So weird. Such a weird contraption. Like, the first time you put it in, you'd have they to... Gotta, they should make, like, a bonus anime. Like, have Julian bring on, like, some action director to make a, a Agent Kate-style scene where Bates goes to the limp corrector salesman and just... Beats him up. It does the prison baits or riot act on him. I just love to see the instructions for that thing. <laughs> like, yeah, because if, if there's bleeding, yeah. that's okay. Make sure to put something on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, Mary goes into a tailspin at the end of this episode because Napier's like prodding her, like, you know, well, I'm sure you're gonna miss him. I'm sure this affects you, and she's just bawling. And he's like, well, I know what happened there. 
my work here is done. <laughs> Bye. Yep. But it also leads to that sweet up, that sweet scene where she's crying and um, Carson finds her, and you know he he's telling her you know she's still young and you know there's a lot of time for her. But then he's he says the thing where he's like. Every, every butler picks a favorite. Yeah. And it's like, so what, is he a total a-hole to Edith and Sybil when they're kids? I don't doubt. He's like pushing them over. He's always loved Mary. I'm here for, since the kiss you gave me on my cheek. Yeah. I mean, that's always, that's the origin story is that she kissed him on the cheek when he was a young, or uh, when she was young. And Yep. Oh, I, I've watched the show before. Yeah, there we go. Uh, And yeah, that's all, that, that closes the book on, on, Pamuk, it's kind of interesting how much of a legacy this man holds and limited screen time that he has. You know, got to make your licks count. You got to make I, your strokes count. Yeah, I guess so, man. Get him in. <laughs> he goes, I'm stroke. Uh, and then he stroked. Speaking of that, he, like... He, in more ways than one, he was stroking. It's true. And I mean, like, the actor, Theo James, handsome man. Very handsome man. And he had a bit of a career. He was in those Divergent films... So he just his career just kind of like went nowhere though. Like you'd think if you see this guy in here, it's like, oh, who's that guy? And then he's in a big budget movie. Oh, okay, he's going somewhere. And then he's just, I checked, he's back on a BBC show this year. His, his career's gone right. full circle. It's just like, man, I mean, there's just another sliding door. It's like, what if Pamuk stayed on this for a little bit longer? I feel like he'd be a oh, much bigger a, star. He'd be the goat. He'd be he'd be on Matthew level, I think, if he just didn't that's, then hey, stroke out. Yeah, back to back to BBC shows. Yeah, like it's interesting. It's an interesting career arc, and it's a uh, it's a shame when that man that handsome and that much potential just <laughs> misses out. Yep, yep. Who knew? He's the Clive Owen of Down Abbey. It's pretty much pretty much yeah. Um, so that's this episode. I mean, there's you know not much Dowager, just her just talking about more just her quipping about stuff about what's going to happen to Mary. You know, are you still like annoyed that she may end up with uh, someone else or whatever? Or to Robert, you know, like you just want to keep that money, right? Or she wants mm-hmm. to keep that money without her marrying. Who knows? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, she has some good lines. Well, did you find you want to get to these power rankings? Well, was there any quotes in this episode? Oh yeah, that's all I took. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, they refer to the stud book in this one briefly what's the stud book the stud book is like the book of eligible bachelors oh wait that's a book yeah it's like the you know like a kind of gossipy like when did that book uh style um i bet it still is in style how do we get in there (laughs) (laughs) i I don't i need to get in there. (laughs) they refer to to i forget who refers to pamuk as the gorgeous chap Oh, that's Anna. She's like saying that to O'Brien and Gwen. I like O'Brien in that conversation. It's just kind of like stern, like maybe he does something for her. Who knows? Um, Mary has more suitors tonight than Princess Aurora is what Robert says. Sure. And there's a line, uh, sometimes we must endure a little pain to get some satisfaction. Is that? I think that's Pramuk who says that one. Yeah. Uh, when she says, you must be mad. Mary says that to Pramuk. He goes, I am in the grip of madness. <laughs> And that's what got him. <laughs> the madness got him, man. And Mary, to, to to summarize this whole episode, a really good Lady Mary quote, he was alive and then he cried out and he was dead. I would love it if they just did that He's, more. I'm stroke. Yeah. I love that. I would love that if they did that more often on this show where someone just died and it was like the next scene, like, he's dead. I don't know what happened. Like, we just see like Bates going for a walk in the next scene. He's dead. I well, don't know. The first movie ends with, with uh, the Dowager going like, I'm sick. Next movie opens. The Dowager Countess has died. <laughs> Whoa. And I think it's like that kind of unexpected quality in the way it moves so fast is really what hooked people into the show. Like anything could happen here in the world of Downton Abbey. It was like Game of Thrones but lower stakes. Yeah. Without the, the actual head falling off. Right. And it never kind of did this again. And it really re- resembles a small peak early on in the show. Like this is like so out there. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And – uh Mr. Carson said he was a handsome stranger from foreign parts one minute, and the next he was dead as a doornail. So a lot of people are just saying he was alive, and then he's dead. Yeah. And oh, well, uh, oh, they, Robert has the scene where it says anyone who wanted to poison his food would have to get past Miss Patmore, and they say, well, maybe she's a spy. Not impossible. Again, oh, let's get some cops there. Let's get some detectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what the the gambler says in the famous Kenny Rogers song. 
the only thing, the best thing you could hope for is to die in your sleep. That is true. <laughs> got no one to roll them. Got no one to fold them. Dave, so, what was your rankings from the last time we watched this episode? I have my handy dandy old notebook. I have my notes from this time from before from this episode. Um, on the bottom, I had Matthew, Mary, and Pamuk. Pamuk being number one. Yep. I had uh, Thomas Bates and then Pamuk. I don't know why I had. Oh wait, no. Um, oh, I had Bates as a number four too. Hmm. All right, then who do we have up this time? Then up? Do you want to know who I had? I mean, uh, down this time. So okay, last so time, yeah. I like I said, I had Math Bates, Matthew, Mary, Pamuk. I have two honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Number one, my honorable mention is Evelyn Napier. Okay. Because he comes in and he has that moment where he's he talks to Cora. He's like, you know, maybe someday I'll be able to score with Mary. Mm-hmm. And she's basically like, yeah, yeah. And she gives he kisses her hand. He's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's a nice dude. He, he should have wound up with one of those Shoulda. sisters. Coulda. Um, also on the honorable mention is the director Ben Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> he did a bad job directing, man. Should have laid, laid off the sauce. Yeah. So who do you have at number three? So last time I had Thomas at number three. This time I have Evelyn Napier. The man missed out. He missed out, and he lost a good friend. He lost a dear friend. <laughs> but he didn't seem too affected by it. He's yeah, not he's crying. Kinda, yeah, he's kind of like more like, huh, serves her right for trying to hook up with my friend. <laughs> he died on you. And that's, that's how I'd feel if my if you died on some girl I was trying to get with. Well, <laughs> serves you serves her right. <laughs> yep. Uh, I have I have Edith on number three. Serves her right. <laughs> <laughs> She she sets up this date that seems to be pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really all she does. It doesn't pan out. She yeah. watches all these men go fawn for her sister. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. For last time at number two, I had Bates. This uh-huh. time I have Mary. She's, I I have I had uh, Mary, and I currently have Mary. She's just beside herself. She, she screws up. Yeah, and I mean number one's the same for both of us. Uh, Robert Pamuk, <laughs> yeah, the Pamuk, aka Theo James, did. And now let's go revisit our up. I, my up before was very simple. Yeah? I had number two, everyone else. Okay. And number one, Gwen. <laughs> Why Why Gwen last time? <laughs> because Gwen's making the, the million dollar moves. Okay. Sure. Uh, but now things are different. So you say. Who do you have last time? Oh, I think I found my notes from episode one. From, uh, from <laughs> Great. Just in time. Yeah. Wait, where are my notes? In? Wait, no, I did not. Those are not. Wait, oh, wait. well, that's good. Wait, what year is? Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> what year? <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, we started this 2017. I forgot. Okay. Uh, last time I had up, I had Edith. Uh-huh. Then- Edith? She was happy with the uh, hanging out with a man for once. She I don't know. It, she picks it up on things quick. 2017 was a crazy year. Edith, Gwen, and then... O'Brien at number one. Oh, there's also O'Brien and and Barrow like having a, a smoking cigarette scene, which we don't get to see. They that know often. they they know uh, Thomas's uh, secret and something something going on. Well, before we get to it, I have another honorable mention. Okay, this the limp corrector salesman. <laughs> he gets a sale. He he's a real sass man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says it corrects limps, and then he sells it, mm-hmm. and he faces no consequence. <laughs> it's true. He got he got money. He swindles them for sure. Yeah. So who do you have at number three currently? So last time I had Edith. This time I have Bates. Me too. Because he's just he's happier now. He he knows he's he's at peace at the end of the episode. Yeah, because I think he has noble intentions for getting the limp corrector, and through all his scoffing, he sees that these people are here for him, mm-hmm. and he hurls it into the sea and makes it. A very uncharacteristic promise about where he's he's very humble. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh so number two, last time I had Gwen, this time I have Mrs. Hughes. Okay. Last she, time I had everyone else, and this time I have Gwen. Okay. Well, for me, Hughes just lays the law down yep. on on uh on uh, uh Gwen. You, you a real flex that we never get to see her make. And I thought that was that was good. That letter that lets people know who's in charge. Mm-hmm. So who'd you have at number one before? Uh, number one before, wait, didn't I have, it was, it was O'Brien I had before. Uh-huh. Now I have Anna. Anna? Okay. This is such a good Anna episode. She really lifts up Gwen. I don't have Gwen on my list at all because she would not be getting herself together if it wasn't for Anna being like, look, just stop crying. Start, start trying. 
You know, it's, it's she, a sign of the times. Yeah, good. She, she's there to help her out. She's there to uh, help Mary out. And then she gets to catch the eye of a handsome man. And then she gets to catch the eye of him, of a dead man, too. Yeah. So you wonder, too, you know, Anna's like, oh, what a pretty man. And then, like, they're just, there's a naked dude. Has, like, they're <laughs> they're going to look at that meat. You wonder. You wonder. And I, I Cord's cor- like, all right, Mary, you done good? I was wondering about that, too, because, like, Thomas, he finds the dead body. You think Thomas checked? Yes. 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 He's talking to O'Brien, like. Above average. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. That's the secret at the end of the episode. Like, because you wonder how many opportunities does Thomas get? I mean, this is probably gross, and probably people are just skipping. Out. People are like, "I'm done with this podcast." You have definitely crossed lines. Yeah, yeah. And hey, I'm, you know what? A swallow doesn't make a summer, right? Yeah. And then, like, after he finds the body, Thomas says, "Don't think he bothered with Coco much. He had other interests." And it's just like, did he? Like, he well, he knew something happened. Well, I mean, but this is after he found the body. Do you think like Pamuk sh- shat the bed? Like he, he, he <laughs> no. like, Thomas found is like, oh, he didn't like Coco much. I can tell you that I saw what was in the bed. It well, was not Coco. Anyway, well, before you get too off track, my old number one was Gwen. My current number one, Mrs. Hughes, because she flexes. Because she flexes and then she basically pries baits into yeah. throwing the limp correct. That's over. right. That's right. So wait, Gwen was number two for you though. Gwen was number two. I kept Gwen on the list just because, because she's making these moves. Sybil's going to help her. Sure. You wonder if we if we watch episode two again, what did we our rankings change like <laughs> back to where they were in the first place? Maybe, maybe, maybe but not. we're not going to do that. We're not, unfortunately. We're not. No. So with that, I think we we just about wrapped up all that stuff. We screw we squeeze that stone dry in episode three of season one. So next week we're going to have some gin juice. Uh, probably not because I don't think that's a very British drink. Maybe some tonic. Okay. But so uh, at, like we said before, five stars on those iTunes. Mm-hmm. If you use, <laughs> if you like our bizarre <laughs> sense of humor, if you've even made it this far. Yeah. Uh, well, where were we? Um, you can follow us on the social medias. Yeah, all the social medias, those five stars. If you don't listen to the podcast on iTunes, but you have an iPhone. Just do us the solid and jump on that app for a minute and, and as we say, screen cap it and send it to us on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Facebook. Uh, Lords of Grantham on all those things. Lords of Grantham Lords of Grantham at Gmail is the only one that you can't just like search and find us. No. The rest of them, we're there. Yeah. Um, we have a couple more Patreon episodes that we're going to get to, and I know the Patreon is closed, but I will go as far as to say if you are interested in getting a hold of all those episodes we can find a way to get that sort of donation cost that it would have been to get it initially. We're, we're going to do we're going to do the Harry Potter by popular demand. We're going to do something Harry Potter related on yeah, it. Yeah, we are we are not a, a big potheads by any stretch of the imagination, but we're pooterheads though. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> uh, people, people, the, the pressure is on. People think Downton Abbey, Harry Potter, they go hand in hand. Even I think though, that's kind of racist. It's just like English and English, right? Yeah. Okay, sure. So you're going to get us talking about Harry Potter on there. Well, it's not going to be the conventional way. We're not going to re- review it properly, but that's coming up. So we have that entire back catalog. Uh, it would be a $5 donation. We'd I, you know, probably do something through PayPal, and you would get all of those episodes in the remaining two. Yeah. So, so with that being said, uh, American Thanksgiving just passed. We are so thankful for all of our fans mm-hmm. uh, who have gotten us where we are for these two very fruitful years of this podcast. I will say that. And we're going to keep on going. Yeah. We, you know, a couple weeks left of this before we really figure out what we're doing, but <laughs> we're going to figure something out. And if you want that mug, I know Corey's going to, Corey is going to drink cocoa, unlike Kamal Pamuk. I, I, I will indeed. And we'll let you know what those quips are. And one of you is going to get one of your own. So there you go. Until we meet again. Yes. <laughs>